Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. everybody. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. I have some amazing guests with me here today. Thank you so much for being here. Jennifer and Leslie, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I'm super excited. I can't wait either. I can't wait to learn what we're going to talk about today, obviously, learn from you both. Um, But can you start off by telling us how you both became partners in business and what you do as well? I think myself and Jennifer, we met years ago and we were friends and I was going into grad school, just finished grad school. Jen was a in cosmetology and then she went back to school and we decided to open peace and wellness therapy services and really focus on mental health, chronic illness and eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited that we met years ago and we had the same goals in mind and we were both interested in helping the same population. Um, so I'm so happy that we, you know, had the opportunity to go into business together. And, um, like Leslie said, we really try to focus on helping those with eating disorders, chronic illness, um, trauma, anxiety, depression, and all those things are, are intertwined too. I noticed that a lot of times when someone has one thing that it's also connected to another. And so we really just really want to help improve the quality of lives, um, of those struggling with that. Um, we provide telehealth therapy, um, to those in the state of New Jersey. And, you know, we both have experience providing individual therapy, family therapy, group therapy, and we're just very passionate about helping other people. 
I love it. Obviously, when we all met on social media, I was like, yes, you two are perfect in every way when it comes to mental health, your standpoints on how you approach your clients, even the social media content that you both share to your stories and even off of other therapists' pages, I find I really resonate with it. So I'd love to hear where your clients are struggling because I know that I probably identify with your clients as well as our listeners do as well. From my perspective, I also work at an eating disorder facility and the private practice. And I think Jen probably can speak to this as well is in grad school and internships and early on in career, they taught us what a pandemic was and then the aftermath. So I think we are still definitely seeing that social anxiety, the increase of eating disorders during the pandemic, it went up 200%. So we are still looking at these, I'm going to say the middle schoolers, the teenagers, and those weren't that were in college versus someone my age who was able to cope and manage that isolation. Right. So that's where I think we're doing so much different work and we're seeing so much more psych plus eating disorders. I know, I know myself and Jen talk about it a lot is even higher rates of suicide and the depression that we're seeing in the, in these kiddos that we never saw before. Yes, it was there. So that's where it's really looking at to me is I love DBT therapy. I know Jen does too, dialectical behavioral therapy. And I think it's trying to get these kids to the emotional intelligence and emotional regulation skills that they didn't get. And how do they cope with being back in these situations of school? And how do I socialize even without my, my phone? Um, So I think we're trying to still catch up from COVID. Definitely agree. I think that it's, it's tough to navigate in the beginning because like you said, Leslie, we were never taught in grad school how to navigate, um, a pandemic. So absolutely. I think, you know, since COVID, um, I've seen an increase, you know, in, in my clients with, um, increased eating disorders, obviously depression, anxiety, and an increase in chronic illness too. You know, those that are struggling with, um, you know, the results of COVID and long COVID. So it's definitely, you know, uh, I think a learning experience for, for everyone. Oh yeah. Wow. It's awesome to hear though, that you all see this, these problems, because I think sometimes even within myself, I'm like, am I just having social anxiety? Like what is wrong with me? Why am I not excited to go see my friends even, or travel again? Like there's these bouts of depression that can come up where it's even hard to move like out of the house and get going. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are people that started their businesses at home as well. Like, of course the youth, they are first and foremost, always our main focus because they're the future, but as well as like, you know, I'm in my mid twenties. So a lot of my friends like missed their early twenties. So it's also having a strange effect on like the social habits, you know, in the late twenties that I'm like over, you know, (laughs) it's kind of hard to feel where people are at in their journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that you touched upon that too. It's like, you know, during COVID, like people missed out on a lot of stuff, whether, you know, it was like your late twenties or wherever you were, 
everyone kind of missed out on whatever, you know, age or time period they were at at that point in time. Um, but totally understandable to have anxiety, you know, socializing, going out, totally normal. We were all isolated for so long. So it's, it's definitely understandable to maybe not be excited to, to travel or to start socializing. It's definitely something new that everyone has to adjust to again. Yeah. It's just a part of the journey, right? And healing and the next step of whatever this phase looks like for all of us. And I would love to hear more about how you all help your clients regulate themselves, whether they're young or, you know, older, later in life, because I know for me and a lot of the listeners, we're highly sensitive. So it can be really hard when it comes to our sensories to like drop back in, you know? So I love DBT. I think DBT is, it's the combination of distress tolerance skills and also emotion regulation skills, right? So I always love self-soothing. So to me, exactly what you said, and I practice DBT, I think every human being could benefit from DBT, um, is really how are we using our five senses, right? So our music. And I was talking to a client yesterday and I'm like, okay, you're distressed. You want to listen to a Lady Gaga song, but it's more depressing, right? So what is even our music choices? It was about a breakup. She went through a breakup. I was like, let's listen to like, um, bop. let's do the nineties, you know, stuff that is more like uplifting. Yes. (laughs) Right. So I think it's the music. I think what are we doing for smell? What are we doing for touch? And how are we really also getting, this is more of a, the tip skill is if we're having anxiety, if we're having high levels of anger, frustration is how are we getting out of that, our bodies, right? Because if we hold it on is we're going to get tense. And that's where we see the headaches. We see the tensions and all that stuff. And I know Jen probably can say more to that too. So is how are we properly releasing that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You made a good point, Leslie, in terms of how our mental health really impacts our physical health. Um, There is such a strong correlation when you're in distress, angry, frustrated, or or depressed. Um, Our bodies are, are in that heightened state and really does impact, like you said, headaches, gastrointestinal issues, you know, skin, um, so many different parts of our body when, you know, we can't regulate our, our nervous system. So I, as well, Leslie, I always love teaching the clients to utilize their five senses. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to really kind of tune in to your body and and kind of ground yourself and focus on the things that you're listening to, whether it's putting on some upbeat music, soothing, Things like, um, scent is a good one. Uh, lavender, I always tell clients, you know, is a very calming scent, but yeah, just trying to teach our clients, um, you know, just those skills to kind of release that tension and to regulate your emotions, um, the best way possible. Wow. I love the sense, the senses connection, because even for me, like in marketing from our standpoint, I always say on the podcast, like you are what you consume, you know, and what you both said about music. It's so funny. It's like, once you reach that certain age, you're like, do I want to listen to this? Like, or am I just listening to this? Cause everybody else is, you know, what is the point behind the listenership? <laughs> It's so true. And I also with self-soothe, I always go back to even babies, right? Is 
we always try to self-soothe babies. And it's, I think when we get older and adults, we kind of stop doing that or our caregivers and stuff like that is even like the blankets and their clothing, they're soft. And I feel like then we go into what, what's trendy versus what do I even feel comfortable in and what am I feeling soft and, and what is going to help that self-soothe. So even, I know it might sound weird, but like those choices of clothing is sometimes huge as well. I know a lot of my clients, sometimes they like to like wrap themselves up in like a soft, fuzzy blanket or put like the warm, soft, fuzzy socks on. It just kind of brings them some sort of comfort. So that makes sense, you know, like just trying to really focus on what you're listening to, what you're feeling, what you're smelling, what you're seeing. So yeah, absolutely. Part of it is even how do I feel like I have a safe environment? So part of DVT is creating a kind environment, right? So sometimes I have more freedom than a teenager, right? Is I can go to my car, I can go out, I can do these things where that's going to be harder. So I even tell clients is how can you make your room? Or if you drive, spending time in your car, getting that kind of that break and what does it smell like? What does it look like? And having that as kind of your safe place that you can go to in that kind of environment as well. I love these tips because they're so doable and it's like, it makes so much sense to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like reaching for the blanket or like, even now, like I am on my blanket for no one, for the audio people. It like was I- so comfortable too. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I do have my, I do also have my blanket next to me too. So <laughs> I love, I love we're all thinking the same thing. <laughs> we're all on the same page, you know, and in my experience with therapy, it, we never talked about something like this of what you both are talking about. And I think that that's why we all connected right off the bat. And even Leslie, like not knowing you, but seeing you online, I was like, we just get it. You know, we just have the same views. So I'd love to hear how you both have carved this niche for yourselves within the industry and really gotten to this point where you're just both on the same page and you know how to help your clients get back into safety. For me, and I think Jen might be similar, is I'm going to use DBT. I do not get paid to promote DBT. So I am going to say that is I think just different therapies I learned in grad school and just throughout my time in my career, I think it connects because it's more of a concrete of I'm distressed. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use mindfulness and it's not what we think of mindfulness. It's really, how do we take the judgments out? Right. And finding that balance. So to me is Marshall Linehan, the creator of DBT, I think just created such a great model. Um, and I don't know if you know her story at what at all. So Marsha Linehan struggles with borderline personality disorder, and she actually created it originally for clients that struggle with that as well. Cause she goes, there's nothing that works for me. And she was able to actually like study and do all this stuff. And how do I work on interpersonal effectiveness? So to me, it's amazing how everyone can kind of use it. So to me is I want to teach clients, how can they self-regulate? How can they say, I can tolerate this emotions because especially with eating disorders is an early recovery. When we're taking away the maladaptive coping skill and we're like, you need, you need to eat, you need to follow your meal plan. Um, you 
don't want you to binge or purge or whatever that looks like over exercise, they're going to feel their emotions more intensely because they're not numbing out anymore. So this is where the skill set can help. And I think when I work with clients, especially in early recovery, it's, I feel like I can't tolerate my emotions versus how can we sit with this? And this is where those distress tolerance skills is going to be huge. And one of the, I think more difficult skills, and this is also goes into chronic illness, what Jen can speak about is radical acceptance, right? Full radical acceptance is it is what it is. I don't have to love the situation. I don't have to like the situation and I'm taking judgments about myself. So that's where with part of chronic illness, I think it is that radical acceptance of grieving your old body and looking at, I might not be able to manage certain things and each day is going to look different. So I don't know if Jen, you want to talk. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say DBT is so it's, it's easy to implement. It's just so like tangible and you can just kind of like use it in your everyday life. I think everyone should be implementing and utilizing a lot of these skills because I think it's helpful for anyone, you know, whether you have a mental health um, disorder or not, I think that everyone can benefit from these skills. Um, but in terms of the like radical acceptance piece, I have some patients with chronic illness. I have my own experience with chronic illness and that radical acceptance is, is huge and such a game changer. Um, once you're able to kind of radically accept like, okay, my body now has new limitations. Um, there's maybe nothing, you know, I can do about it right now, but I'm going to adapt. So there definitely is that, that grieving part of it, you know, when you're realizing, you know, your, your body is changing or you're not able to do the things that you used to do. It, it, it's such a huge grieving experience and it's, it's a journey towards acceptance, but you know, DBT, I found helpful for myself and my clients in terms of, okay, you know, I have this chronic illness and maybe I can't change it right now. Um, and maybe, you know, I'll never get better or maybe the limitations will always be there, but I'm just going to, you know, adapt and adjust and accept it that it is what it is right now. So I think that in terms of, you know, DBT, it's, it's so helpful in so many different areas. Thank you both so much for touching on all of the areas that it can actually support, like specifically with eating disorders and anxiety and depression, because I know from my own experience, like I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, but growing up in this generation with social media and comparison, you know, it's very challenging. I think for anyone to say in my generation that they haven't at least had problems around food, you know? Absolutely. And I always tell people is I had my space back in the day. I had like teen bop, all that stuff. So it was a space. I forgot that existed. And it was such a different world because like when we had photographs, we went to like CVS, got them developed and we couldn't alter those photos versus anyone can alter photos. Cause I tell clients, even if somebody changes a filter, you're still retouching it. Mm-hmm. Now you're also competing against friends and people that are quote unquote normal versus just celebrities. So I am seeing more and more of that, that component, um, of an extra challenge with these teens and 
TikTok. I do like a good TikTok video. I'm not going to lie, but all these, even like on my TikTok, a pro Anna came up website and stuff like that. And is how do we navigate that? Because my brain's fully developed. I can use a wise mind versus these young people or just people that maybe are more likely to develop an eating disorder. And I think that comparison is huge. And I'm going to use radical acceptance again is so I'm a shorty. I'm a short person. I wanted to be 510. I'm a little under five foot. And that radical acceptance of I was originally a dance major and I wanted to be a Radio City Rocket. Too short. It's okay. I radically accepted it. But it took a while to say, you know, shortness is okay versus I need to be tall to be beautiful or tall to do the certain things I want to do in life. So that's where it's really looking at how do we look at our genetics, right? Because everyone has a set point theory of where their weight wants to be healthy, but these diets are saying you can lose X, Y, and Z amount of weight, but for you and your body type, it might not be okay to sustain. And then the diet industry, that could be another whole, whole podcast on that. I know we could talk hours about that, (laughs) but we're big on something called health at every size approach, right? So is health at every size. So somebody can be 20 pounds heavier than me and their heart is working better than mine. They're able to run faster where a lot of times doctors get stuck into the BMI, right? And I see a lot of clients go in to get checked. Okay. You need to lose weight or you're unhealthy. And you look at them and you're like, no, you're not. So it's even, we're seeing a lot of medical professionals and even with chronic illness is brushing it off or saying it's X, Y, and Z. And then people aren't getting proper treatment, um, whether they're in a larger body or, Hey, you're fine. You're just making this up. So I am seeing, and I'm sure John can see it too, is even a lot of gaslighting from medical professionals all the time, all the time. I hear terrible stories. I think with our approach, Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong. Like we really take the individual and everything about them into consideration, right? Like their genetics, their, you know, environment. Um, and we really alter treatment, you know, based on their individual needs, right? Like when I have, you know, maybe two clients with the same, um, condition, I'm not treating them the same way. They're, you know, they can have totally different symptoms and totally different experiences. So, just, you know, making treatment unique to them. And I feel at sometimes, you know, doctors are, like you said, Leslie, maybe just looking at the BMI, but not taking everything else into consideration and not seeing them as a whole person or in terms of chronic illness, maybe they come in with stomach problems or, or migraines and they're like, oh, it's normal. It's just a migraine, you know, or stomach problems. Ah, all right. Maybe just drink more water, eat more fiber when really they might have an underlying medical condition or chronic illness that gets left untreated for so many years, um, which is what happened to me. So definitely gaslighting is, is huge. I don't want to bash, you know, medical professionals or doctors. They, there are great professionals, so helpful. But I think my point is, is like in terms of, you know, what we do is we really just try to look at each individual as, as a unique person and just take everything into consideration and really listen to them. Um, really just listen to them because their experience and symptoms are going to be totally different than, you know, the next client. Yes. And exactly what Jen was saying too, is treating the client 
everyone's going to be different, right? Is somebody can have the same diagnosis and it's going to present very differently for that person. So what I tell clients is I'm big out ruling anything medical, right? Because I think even doctors or professionals, therapists, it's anxiety, just get over your anxiety, right? Which yes, they might have some anxiety, but is it anxiety or is it thyroid? Because a lot of times I see clients and I'm like, how is your thyroid? Please get that checked out because that's going to impact your mood as well. So that's where I always tell clients is I just want to make sure even vitamin D living in New Jersey, are you fatigued because it's depression based or is it the lack of vitamin? vitamin? Yeah. Wow. That's so unique how you both approach your clients. And like, I just want to say again, I value this so much because working with therapists, also working with doctors, you know, I see the same things with my clients happen where they're in with a different specialist every other week. Nobody's giving them the time of day and they're dealing with the stress of their business, you know, so and stress at home and like everything else that comes along with running a business and being a mom and doing all of the things. So it's like, of course, they're not feeling well, you know, like to me, which it sounds like to you both as well, like it makes so much sense, you know, it's like we just need to listen, slow down, reconnect, get the answers where we can from the people that we trust and then move forward. Because I think another thing in the health industry, which I'm seeing a lot, even when I'm watching commercials, they're like, well, don't you just want to find out what's wrong? And I'm like, well, that would be great. But like, is there a solution to it? Because maybe I don't, you know, (laughs) there's no solution. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think sometimes then that's like the rabbit hole and that leads into X, Y, and Z and all that stuff versus sometimes what, what does that really look like? Yeah. Like a plan, you know, and in my experience with, I've shared many times on the podcast, my dad passed away when I was 15 and a lot of his, you know, distress in his body was based around cancer, cancer treatment. You know, this is 11, almost 15 years ago when he was going through treatment. So things were very different and it just stress took over his body, you know, and he ended up dying from a heart attack. So it makes so much sense to me, you know, and I wish that at times 15 years ago, people were talking about the things that you both are talking about because it's looking at the whole picture. Absolutely. And I think with any illness, right, with cancer, with chronic illness, with eating disorders, it's, they don't even talk about how it impacts the family so much. And I always tell people is when this is just a generalization, but in our society, I think when somebody passes away, we're, I'm so sorry for your loss. People do like the meals for a few weeks. And after that, it's not, how are you? Right. And I think then father's day or anniversaries, birthdays go by and people don't really check in. So I feel like there's that disconnect versus how long is it going to take for someone to grieve? And it's can be a forever thing. So I think that is the huge component. And also like you're saying is how is somebody getting more peace in their body? Right. Um, and what does that look like? Totally. Yeah. I feel like with social media, there's a lot of focus on 
physical health <laughs> and not a lot of focus on like the mental and emotional health. Um, like I'm always seeing ads for whatever new vitamin, protein, shake, workout plan, right? And a lot of people post about that kind of stuff, but it's, you know, it's not as common to see posts or, or hear things about like the mental and, and emotional aspect. And, you know, physical health, of course, is important. And so is, you know, mental and emotional well-being as well. Um, so I think that they should kind of take equal priority. I couldn't agree more. It's so funny in my experience, like I worked out, I did all the things, you know, I'm like even going to therapy and then I'm like, I'm doing great, you know, and then you end up losing all the weight anyway, when you just start working on your brain because you become so much more in tune, like my diagnosis, which I think I shared this with Jen, um, Leslie, we, I got diagnosed with PTSD in 2020 when I launched this podcast and someone in my very close family vicinity also was diagnosed with an eating disorder at that time. So it was a lot, you know, on the family as a whole and on everybody that was involved, you know, just a lot of emotion. I love how you mentioned when people start to have this awareness, they're no longer numbing. So at times their emotions can seem extremely robust or out of character even and giving them space at that time and being supportive as a family member was super important to me, even when I was also having outbursts of my own, you know, from numbing out with the PTSD too. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times our society kind of generalizes or assumes what PTSD looks like of you're an army vet and, you know, those things versus what it is day to day. And one, again, impacting the physical body, impacting relationships, that social anxiety you said. So it's how do we also have the supports of loved ones? And I always say to me, the more people we have, it's like a village, the better mm -hmm. we're off, right? So it's even looking at whether it's friends, family is who's willing and who's willing to even get the psychoeducation because I've had um, clients in the past that unfortunately they're like, I don't want to know. Right. And it's disheartening. Then it's looking at, okay, who are your supports, whether it's friends, families, or sometimes it's unfortunately just the treatment team um, and holding that kind environment and holding environment. Right. So I think the more we can get on families and I think sometimes, and I don't know if this was your experience, Caitlin is I tell loved ones is sometimes they might not know what they need or what they need today might be different from an hour or tomorrow. So it's how do we have that space of communication and building that communication? And I think sometimes loved ones supports can feel the sense of helplessness. I don't know what to do. So how do we talk about the hard stuff? Because again, I know I love my parents, but growing up, we didn't talk about emotions or the hard stuff. It's like, okay, go on without your day. Okay. You need a hug. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I think it's, it's how do we communicate and it's okay to communicate hard stuff in our feelings. Absolutely. And I think it's important too, like, if you're not sure how to support somebody, just ask, you know, like don't assume, or like Leslie said, what one person, you know, needs today might not be the support that they need tomorrow. And a lot of times, yeah, families do feel maybe sometimes 
you know, helpless or confused, or they don't know what to do. So I always encourage people just check in, ask them, you know, let, let the other person know, Hey, I care about you. I'm here for you. I want to hold this space. Um, but I'm not sure how to help right now. So kind of like allowing the other person to tell you what they need and to allow that, that space for connection and, and communication. Yeah. What great advice, because it is really hard being in the family and you see this all happening and you're, you're so worried, you know, there's so much fear too, that I think so many family members don't even talk, like they're not even touching on the fear yet. Most of the time they're just surviving. I know for me, it was like, Hey, I need more support, like any support I can find, you know, 2020, I was like, anybody want to come over, you know, I'm like, please come over, let's talk. And it was really healthy to also see my tribe, like my people that had my back where I could say whatever I needed to say. And they were also willing to hold the space and of course, give me feedback too, which I think is really healthy. Like when you're healing, you sometimes don't always know how you're reacting because you're still getting in tune with your environment. You know, like for me, when I first ended up meditating, I remember just feeling so much pain, like in my back for the first time, it was like, wow, I've been holding on to this for nine years. Like that is nuts to think about, you know? And then I'm like, what's happening to my health? Like there are so many other fears that can come up after that. Once you have the awareness too, it was like, I have to fix this, you know, you're going to like fixer mode and it doesn't happen overnight either, which again is the tribe that you all are mentioning. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it, Jen. All right. I was just going to say, um, it doesn't happen overnight. And I love to remind people that, you know, it's a process and a journey and to just give yourself time. Don't set like a timeline or these expectations, right? Like anything can change from, from day to day. So just trying to be patient with yourself and compassionate with yourself, um, and just sticking, sticking with the journey. And exactly the tribe too, like the more support, I think the better that way, you know, you're not going at it alone. Absolutely. And I think based on what Jen and Caitlin, you were saying is, you know, is a lot of times clients are like, I should be better by now. Right. And that, that judgment versus I'm going to use eating disorders. So this is again, the average length, everyone is different is five to seven years. Right. So that's where I tell loved ones, because a lot of times they think they're going to be quote unquote fixed when they get out of treatment or in therapy. And I said, you know, this is going to take a a while, especially that distorted body image can take years to, for them to actually see what they do actually look at, um, in the mirror. So that's where I think I tell clients is how many years have you had the negative thoughts, right? That is going to take time of creating new pathways in your brain for that going to be, to be more automatic versus I'm a loser. I'm X, Y, and Z, right? So that's where it's really, that's my cat. Sorry. Is he's my self-soothe as well. Um, is really trying to challenge in the negative core beliefs that we've gotten since a young kid until adulthood. Right. And I think the biggest thing, and I know Jen has probably seen this too, is sometimes clients are going to be willful, right? Is nothing's going to change. It's always going to be like that. So I think it's really looking at is how can we make those baby changes? Cause I always say is whatever masterpiece, right? Um, I'm going to use the Mona Lisa, even though 
not my favorite painting, not going to lie, is it took so many strokes to get to that painting, right? So all the baby steps you do is going to make that masterpiece. So remembering kind of what Jen said before, it's really that journey. And how can I tell myself I am resilient? Look at what I've been through. And I always tell clients, you're here, you've survived. How can we have you um, now thrive and look at your resiliency? Because I think that's the hugest part is the resilience. Oh yeah. Resilience is, is huge. And when it comes to chronic illness and like medical issues, it's, it's so unpredictable. Um, and so sometimes someone might, you know, go into the hospital for a medical issue and people think that they're going to come out cured and they don't because it's a chronic illness and it's unpredictable. And you might feel great one day and the next day you may feel terrible. So looking at that as well, and, and just because you're having maybe a bad day or a bad week or, you know, a setback in your health, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, going back to square one, you've made it thus far and you've overcome so many different obstacles and situations and to remind yourself, you know, you, you are a resilient person. What a great piece of advice in every area of life. You know, it's like, because business, even just work life, like there are so many things that can happen where it's like, oh, we're derailed. You know, even like my laptop situation, I'm like, I'm derailed. Everything's a mess. You know, I'm like, you figured it out. is on us, you know? And then it's like, oh, the next day, like whatever, what even was that? You know, like I'm totally fine. That's another thing I've been trying to remind myself. I'm like, this is just a moment. I'm just having an emotional bout and it's going to pass and I'm going to forget about it. Sometimes in 10 minutes, you know, short term, it's not long-term, right? Things are always changing. I do for myself and for clients. I'm like, is this going to matter in six months from now or a year from now? If not, like how to kind of let it go mm-hmm. and not like not sweat the small stuff and looking at, Hey, can I problem solve this? Yes. It might cause some inconvenience um, short-term and it's not going to make a big dent in my life. Yeah. Cause it's just another experience too. It's like, and in that moment, you're able to just reground and regroup and you're in a much better space. So I love this advice. Thank you both so much for your time tonight. This was so lovely. I just know everyone's going to benefit from hearing the holistic side of how to approach this. Even if you as listeners are struggling with eating disorders, please reach out to Jen and Leslie. They can help you. Any area of your life that you're struggling, I really think they're going to be able to provide solutions and modalities, which they'll listen to you. And that's really what you want when it comes to mental health. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much for having us. This was so much fun. Um, I'm so glad that we got the opportunity for all of us to chat together. Me too. So what we're going to do for our listeners is we'll have all the links below where they can get in touch with you all. Instagram, I'm sure is a great place as well. Do you guys want to announce your handle? So in case we're multitasking, we can write it down. <laughs> Yeah. Anyone can reach out to us on, um, our Instagram is at peace and wellness therapy. Um, our website is www.peaceandwellnesstherapyservices.com. You know, if you're not able to reach us, you can always reach out to Caitlin and Caitlin, you can certainly, um, help everyone navigate, um, and, you know, kind of gear them the right way to contact us.
And I'm always big too, is if we're not the right fit or they need a higher level of care is really that connection of providing those referrals and stuff like that as well. Uh, So I think that's a huge part. And sometimes it's even talking to a loved one. Sometimes I've talked to a loved one for 30 minutes and I'm like, if you go with me, great. If you don't, that's fine as well. And just again, providing that connection and things can get better in that sense of hope. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.